Turn, if you would, to our text in Acts, the second chapter. Acts, chapter 2. We're going to begin in verse 44, which is not a typical place to begin with this text, but a place today that is appropriate. Acts 2, starting in verse 44. At no other time in the two years that I, or the year and a half that I've been the preaching minister, do I believe the last 48 hours have proven that we need community in the church, community amongst God's people. I sat this morning at a picnic table and looked back at the messages from just the last 24 hours and 13 phone calls and texts of people in crisis within just our community. We have people who are hospitalized. We have people recovering from surgeries. We have people who are dealing with mental health issues, with dependency issues, with loss and grief of relationship and loved ones. All throughout the church, there are needs being presented at every level. We have those of our number who are struggling economically. We have those in our number that are struggling with grief and sorrow, with anger and frustration, with disappointment and with rejection. But yet we're a community of believers that just a few moments ago communed together, rallied around one Jesus Christ of Nazareth, His death, His burial and resurrection and all the hope that comes from that. We rallied around that and we put all of everything out of our minds for just a moment and we celebrated and communed together. That's the power of the community of the church. Our second lesson in our series, Impact, today is impacted by community. And I want to talk to you about how Jesus impacts a community of people and then that community of people goes out and impacts the world for Him. And it's an important part of who we are as Christians. It's an important part of the process. You are part of the body of Christ here at Heartland or you're one of our friends this morning and we want you to be a part of this community at Heartland. We want you to be a part so this community can make a difference in your life and you can become the part of a community that goes out and makes the difference in the lives of others. That's God's plan. And it's a wonderful plan with wonderful people. It's understood by most everyone, church, that everyone needs someone. For the most introverted people in this world, people who will literally sit in their rooms and do nothing, what they would tell you often when they come and see me as a mental health specialist is they'll say, I need someone. I need to feel loved. I need to feel needed. To the most extroverted person who goes through life so fast that they have a hard time slowing down long enough to make significant relationships. And they'll tell you, I need someone. I need to feel loved. I need to feel wanted. We know that this is a need that mankind has. And in God's church, in God's world, that's why He created the church. Acts 2, 44-47, we're taught this very important lesson. I want to read this text. And we're going to highlight some things that we probably haven't talked about in depth out of this verse. Starting in verse 44. 
It said all believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes together and with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, I pulled four things out of this text this morning that I want us to talk about, that I want us to grow with and grow from. First one is this. The four characteristics of community impacting church is the church hung out together. The word hung out together is kind of our slang word for they spent time in fellowship. They hung together. They spent time with one another and they enjoyed it. They enjoyed that time together, that common time with one another and spending quality time with each other. We get to know each other better. And here's the most important part. We get to know each other's needs deeper and better. I want to pray for you. Do you hear what I just said? I want to pray for you. I want to know specifically every one of you what your prayer needs and concerns are, because I want when I spend my time in the week praying, I want to know what I can pray for you over. One of the most powerful things about our men's group on Tuesday morning is our prayer list that we take every Tuesday morning. And you know what that tells me about the 15 to to 20 men sitting around that table? It tells me what's on their hearts and their minds. Because they specifically ask you to pray for it. This church that we see in Acts 2, they hung out together and they enjoyed it. I want you to come to my home and I want to come to your home. I want us to have invitation for one another to enjoy that time together. I don't want as a minister, I don't want to be seen as someone that's unapproachable. And I don't want you as one of our members to seem unapproachable. I want to share time with you. Number two, the church shared common bonds. The church shared common bonds. Now, in a community, what's common? I'm going to tell you what's common in a community. The issues of life are common. Every one of us face similar trials. Some of us have very individual trials, but rarely will you go through something that someone in this community hasn't gone through. How many of you have gone through loss of a loved one? Raise your hand. How many of you have gone through the hurt of a child, the child doing something that hurts you, that disappoints you? You can raise your hand. I'll raise both of mine. Okay. How many of you went through parents who have kind of let you down a time or two? Now, raise your hand. It's okay. They're not going to do that. Like Tony, it just went from buffet to McDonald's. Come on. Right? We've all went through these things, church. That's what's great about our community. And that's what's great about the power of our community. We unite around a common cause. And by the way, church... The common cause for us is Jesus. The common cause for us to rally around is teaching the world about Jesus Christ. And that there's a place and a way and a person by whom they can be saved. 
And He's the only way. Number three, this church went to extremes. Isn't it, isn't it extreme? If I were to come up to you and say, hey, there's someone in our church that has some financial issues. I need you to sell your business and we're going to split it all up and make sure they got what they need. That's extreme. But that's what they did. They would sell property and they would sell things they have to make sure that the needs of the community were met. Now, I know the argument. It was a different time. I get that. But I'll tell you what, if I were to have a rummage sale, I could probably keep a third world country fed for a month. Just by things that I don't use. Isn't that the truth about a lot of us in America? I mean, we got storage sheds stacked up on top of storage sheds. Many of us have multiple buildings that we store stuff in. And if I were to ask you what's in it, a lot of you couldn't tell me. Now, some of you weird ones can. My mother-in-law has four homes that are filled to the roof with stuff. You can't even walk in them. But this church, this group of people, this community went to extremes. And they didn't keep stuff like that. If they didn't use it, they got rid of it so that they could help someone else. You know, I'm so proud of this congregation because there's, there's been times this congregation has done some extreme stuff. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes that extreme stuff that the congregation did, it wasn't popular amongst some of its people. And that's okay. It's okay. Because if it were me, and I was losing everything, I would want to belong to an extreme community of people to help me. And that's the kind of Christian I want to be. I want to be an extreme Christian. I want to do everything I possibly can to help. This church went to extremes to serve one another, to help one another. You can argue all, all you want. It says they sold their possessions and gave to those who were in need. That's what it says. That's what the Bible said. And number four, the church publicly demonstrated their community. They met in the temple courts unapologetic. And they worshiped and they praised God together. And the community of people around them saw that and appreciated that and believed in that and wanted to be a part of that. And thus they grew. <clears throat> we have done so many things to be an impacting church, an impacting congregation. We've worked hard. We've developed programs. We've done so many things. But church, listen to me. The most important thing we can do is be a community that loves each other. You can do all the technical stuff you want. You can, you can do all the, the, the smoke and mirrors you want. The most important thing we can do is love each other. We cannot lose track of that. One of the most positive things I've seen done at Heartland in probably the last, well, definitely in the last two years, and I, I would reference this because of a, a newsletter that went out this week, is the development of the greeting team. You know, someone who meets you at the door, who smiles at you, who offers 
a glimpse of what the church here looks like right when you walk in the door. And sometimes with some of those folks, they have umbrellas and they're meeting you at the car. And that's probably one of the most important things we can do as people arrive. And that's a wonderful ministry. And, and for the rest of us, it's developing something past that greeting team that identifies that new person that they've greeted, that they've sat down in a seat. And it's going up to them afterward and it's inviting them to an experience with someone beyond that point, whether it's lunch, whether it's coffee, whether it's a refreshment after church, whether it's just a smile and a further greeting and possibly an invitation into the future. But it's demonstrating a community that wants to be together and it wants them to be a part of it. Have you ever experienced rejection? You don't want to talk for you just in a moment because I think one of our most important community goals is to seek the lost, the broken, and the alone. To seek the lost, the broken, and the alone. And brothers and sisters... Those folks often come through our doors here at Heartland. And we work hard. Everyone that I see works hard to welcome those people. But we can't give up our diligence in that process. Because that's our purpose. Our purpose is to introduce the lost to how they can be found. To introduce the broken as, as to the, the way that they can be healed, that mending can take place. And to introduce the alone to a community where they can feel loved and be loved. 1987, I played the part of Earthquake Magoon in a, a uh, musical. I had the best part ever as I got to kiss the prettiest girl in school. And I knew it was my way in. This was my destiny to marry Angie Lee Miners. She was, she was a cutie. For you teenagers, I mean, she was hot. Okay? Long black hair, gorgeous. Cheerleader. I was a football player. It was a match made in heaven. And I'll never forget, I, before the play, I made it a point that Angie knew I had put my lip balm on and I had sprayed three mists with the breath spray. Made sure she knew that. And I was closing in for the kill in the middle of the big scene. And as I was closing in right at the last second, she turned her head and I got a mouthful of earwax. She would not let me kiss her because she was afraid of what her mom and dad would think. Failure, rejection. The rest of my life was changed forever. I married Jeanette. It was a rebound marriage. It was horrible. 25 years later, here I stand. And I experienced in that moment as a teenage boy what rejection truly is. Have you ever felt true rejection? I talked with a brother one day where he was sharing with me that... Um, his life, he, he had spent so much time as a youngster being teased about his speech. But in the church, he's, he's found a place where that no longer happens. I talked with a, a lady one day. Her history was that of prostitution. She now teaches 
Sunday school for a church in Indiana. Forgiven. Healed. Together with the body, with the community. That's what Jesus can do. There's a story in the Bible. Look in Luke 5. Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 13. I'm going to read this to you and then I've got a drama presentation of it that I'd like you to see it as well as hear it. And then we'll close. While Jesus was on in one of his towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Let's watch this. With a growing number of disciples, Jesus moves from town to town, teaching about God's kingdom and working miracles. things that the video illustration of this gives us that we don't necessarily have in the narrative is, did you see the community around Jesus when the man first came up? Did you see the rejection? They were covering their faces and covering their bodies. This man's going to make us sick. This man's going to cause problems here. This man was a, a social reject that Jesus, in a matter of moments, made a living testimony. See, the man at the end of this text, he's told, he said, go to the Pharisees, go to the teachers of the law, go to the elders and show them what I've done. Be a testimony to them. You know what it would have been like for that man to walk up to them to testify in these people's beliefs? They would have been running the other way from the guy. But he becomes a testimony that would change this community. Jesus's work and love in this community changed this man. And then this man becomes a part of the community that makes a difference. See, the impact that Jesus has the community is seen through is in a few ways here. One is belonging. You know, this man didn't belong to anything before. He would have been an outcast to the city. He would have had to have stayed outside the gates. But now he belongs. Belief. You think this man didn't believe? Once this was done, once this took place in his life. And many of you understand that it's it's something like this that's happened in your life, a change that God made, a change that Jesus made that changed your life and helps your belief. Reliance. We learn from stories like this that we need to rely on Jesus. We need to see value in relying on him, especially when we're ill, when we're sick, when we're hurting. We need to bring that before him this morning. You know, what's your leprosy? What was your leprosy? What was your illness? What was your sickness? What was your need? 
what needed to be forgiven on that day. Surrender. It's a willingness to make that walk in the first place. You know, sometimes we've got to surrender. We've got to surrender our anger, our fear, our frustration. I mean, there's a million and one things that we could go through on a list of things that we need to surrender to God. To have a purpose. You know, this man walks away from this story with a purpose. To show the world his testimony. What has changed? And direction. As a community, this began to build a direction of spreading the gospel all over the world. You know, consider the impact that Jesus had. The works of an impacted or an impacting community are this. The community seeks and greets together. Okay, not just do we have a great greeting team, a great team of people who make sure people feel welcome, but we go out and seek with passion those that we can invite, family members, friends, people in the community, people that we can invite. We find creative ways to invite people through our small groups ministry and the ministries that we have. Your Wednesday night right now, the ESL room is filled up with people. It's been a wonderfully creative way to invite people to come to this place and hear the gospel and for God's people to get involved with help teaching the gospel. What an awesome way that God is using someone and and folks at this church. It's awesome. But it's a community that seeks and greets together. It's a community that studies and grows together. Folks, we need to be a church. Now, this is what we have to improve on here at Heartland. I'm not going to lie. We have to improve in our Bible study. Together. We need to study together. We need to be rallied around some purposes. And there's some things that we got to hash out as we go through that together to grow as a body for direction, for purpose. It's a community that serves together, number three. We have every opportunity to serve and to be together. And finally, it's a community that submits together. There's a submission that has to take place by all of us, brothers and sisters. We have to submit to the fruits of the Spirit. We have to submit to Jesus. We have to submit to being willing to offer those to each other just as much as they've been offered to us. And there's great submission in that. Look, in 20 years of service to the Lord's church, there has been many, many, many times that church leaderships that I've worked with, worked for, have went different directions than I thought they should have or that I would have gone. And never once, never once, was that something that would have taken me out of my church family. It was hard. I had to pray through it. I had to spend some time talking through it. But with God's help, made it through. I had to submit through it. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's a community that loves together. It's a community that loves together. We see 
in the church that we looked at today, a community that Jesus impacted, and then a community that went out and impacted the world. We see from the example of Jesus and healing the leper that we, we come from, a, from a, a cloth of a man who was willing to reach out and touch the sick, skin to skin, to make a difference in the life of others, and then encourage them to go make a difference in others' lives. That's what community is all about in the church. I want to, I want to pray this morning for our community, for our willingness to be a part of a community, for our willingness to love one another to the point that, the, that we become a community that truly makes a difference, that we stay where we're at, but we get even better at what we do. You'll bow your heads with me. Father, as we sing these words to you, please know, Father, our love for you, our desire to please you, our desire to walk with you, Father. Thank you so much for impacting this body, this your body of Christ. Father, we thank you so much for your son, for what he's done, for the example that he set. I pray, Father, for each person in this room and on behalf of each person in this room that that we all might be able to have quiet time to evaluate, to just ponder, Lord, how you need us to change, to how you need us to be strengthened, how you want us to be encouraged, Lord, so that we can be a strong community of believers, difference makers, Father, in this world. Please work through us. Please bless us. Please guide us. Please strengthen us. Please guide us, uh, each and every one, to do what we need to do to be yours in complete submission, in complete faith, in complete love. In Jesus' name. Amen. If there's a need, please come while we stand and sing.